dive deep into the realm of large language models, prompt engineering, and best practices. With over 25 years of combined AI and product engineering experience, here are your hosts, Bradley Arsenault and Justin Macarin. Good evening, Justin. Hello, Brad. Justin, I'm I'm pretty annoyed because my parents got a new TV and uh, we didn't have any remote in the box. I don't know. It's some, some cheap Walmart TV. It doesn't even have a remote anymore. So we try to use the, the old remote with the new TV. And as you might imagine, it doesn't work. You know, why is it so hard to make things that are compatible? And, you know, I've been thinking about this problem a lot lately. And, and I've started to think that natural language might be the way to make all our devices compatible with each other. Do you, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I, I think it's an interesting concept. Like on the remote side, you know, there are all kinds of ways to connect TV, or TV remote to a TV. We have uh, the little beam. We got Zigbee. We got Bluetooth. We got all these different kinds of, you know, receivers and receptors and wireless signals and different protocols. Yeah. And like, why isn't there just like a standard way of like sending and receiving data that that's compatible with either the endpoint or whatever? Yeah, you yeah, know, I've been thinking about this idea of convergence, right? Like how all as technology progresses, we tend to get more stuff done with the same technologies. And in, in a way, in my mind, I'm thinking the communication between devices is actually converging towards plain old ASCII text. You know, the good old uh, seven bit with an extra bit that's unused letters, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, the, the remote control, I honestly think that in the future, the remote control is not going to be speaking, you know, code zero X eight, three, four, five to the TV. It's going to be sending the TV, literally the ASCII text turn on or turn off, you know, it, it to me actually it, may, it makes a whole lot of sense as as these AI technologies proliferate that we're gonna see instead of you know humans increasingly talk to talking machine it's it's what we're seeing is the reverse is that the machines are gonna talk human to each other. So do you agree with, with me? Do or do you, am I nuts? Am I well, crazy? Let's let's maybe dive into a little bit of this example, right? TV turn on or TV turn off or TV change channel. You know, fifty three. What's the difference between, you know, a a simple lookup table with like text that would kind of map to a certain instruction versus using natural language and the interpretation of a natural query to execute a command? So so basically the decision is mm. we use a lookup table with TV on change to 53. Or do we use natural language or, or, and, and, and really, I think it's more of an interpretation problem. Is it a lookup table or is it the interpretation of language and then execute an action based off of that? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, so when like the engineer defines the lookup table, they're being very precise. It's like yes. code 13 is turn on the TV and code 15 is turn off the TV. And it's, it's very exact. It's very defined. We know exactly 
what should be. Whereas if I said um, TV awake, it, it, it's it not maybe that's not as clear what 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 the interpretation of awake means. So what what is what is awaking? Is it turning on or is it uh, coming out of some sleep state? But is you know supposed to keep powered down on the screen? You know. Um, you're right. There's a challenge there on the interpretation side. And maybe things. that's the engineer's problem, right? Or maybe that's more of a product decision where, you know, the the instruction was not clear, right? Like, if I ask it to yeah. change channel unknown, how how is a TV supposed to guess, you know, uh, what channel it should switch to? Well, I, I guess, so if we were to really think, how would we make a natural language integration work? Perhaps it's a little bit like a prompt where like the TV remote's not just saying the words turn on. It's like kind of giving like a whole paragraph of, of description. Like, okay, you know, if you're a TV, do this. And if, if you're this kind of device, do that. And like, you know, do this other thing. If you're, if you have these options available and if you have standby, you know, you might have to give this, the, the remote might have this whole complicated list of instructions that it provides when you hit the power on button and the TV interprets all that. And it's just like, oh, okay, in my specific situation, I just need to turn on. Or, or alternatively, the instructions are interpreted by the TV. So the remote is actually just sending that really simple ASCII text that you were talking about. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's simple. Natural language commands to the TV. The TV has some sort of, you know, brain or like we, we talk a lot about like LM agents as an agent of some sort, you know, with yeah. like if else statements, different prompts, different actions, you know, different logic there to kind of support that. And that, like that TV remote, like that, that paragraph of text, like the engineers ha have crafted that text pretty well. Like they've thought yeah. about all the different TVs that are on the market, the different settings that they might have. And so th the reason that the, that the natural language integration put could potentially work better is because um, I think like the lookup tables have to be defined, whereas like that English language paragraph is going to work across all the different TVs, so long as they understand English. English is more universal than Python. Maybe that's the basic analysis. I, this is so interesting, and I think that this has so much value. But I, I maybe want to touch on one thing that I would be a big problem. And those are unknowns or attributes to a function that may be required that mm. cannot be expressed in natural language. So, for example, when we execute, you know, a command to the TV, there's a possibility there that the DVR box or the TV requires some specific ID, right? Or maybe if if we take this analogy and we move it to maybe an API call, all right? So I think the TV was a good analogy, but let's move it to an API call. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, and, fair. And, 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 and so now we're calling the Weather Network API. And maybe yeah. we want the version three of the API. And maybe we want to get the Fahrenheit uh, temperature instead of the Celsius temperature. And maybe now we also need to have, you know, some sort of specialized ID associated with it. If I just said, you know, give me the weather for New York, how how does an interpreter make those assumptions? How does an interpreter kind of figure out those defaults? Like, 
whose responsibility is it? I suppose, like, what you're saying here is that that natural language query at some point has to be translated back down to, like, a hard database query with, like, specific exact strings that it needs to attributes. look up that need to exact match. Yeah, the attributes. Sure. And I, I suppose that... I mean, the, the hope we would have is that the natural language integration... Uh, on the receiving end can just imply what those those attributes are or perhaps maybe that <laughs> this is getting really crazy but maybe it would like ask a follow-up question be like yo like can you clarify x let then like yeah then the remote or the api is like communicating back and forth but um actually that's not so different than how regular api calls work right you provide you're, you're missing a, a variable it'll be like yo I, I don't know what to do with this the natural language API is just going to be the same thing. It's just like, yo, this is kind of ambiguous. Like, uh, do you want this data? Or well, do you want that even, data? Even today, you know, with, with the HTTP protocol, TCP, you know, we got the Synact, the acknowledgement, and then it sends the, the ID. So we have an HTTP. I'm not sure if the request starts with yo, um, but it definitely happens. It, there, there, there's definitely like, like a little back and forth there for, to, to, to make sure that the protocol is working and there's kind of like yeah. handshake acknowledgement that both the receiving end and the outgoing end kind of understand each other at a certain level. Yeah. And but like that, that, that process that you're describing there, although it, it's really good for ensuring the reliable software, it does come at a cost that it, the, the having to agree both sides having to come to the same schema, the exact same way of describing the transaction, it has a cost. And and uh, that cost, it comes out in our engineering labor. It comes out in, in broken software. Um, it comes out in like complex APIs that take seven different calls just to accomplish something simple, you know? Um, uh, what what you know when I'm looking at what is what what could be a natural language API? I I'd want to avoid a lot of those things. I think the real benefit would be ultimately if we could uh, get get away with not having to do all of that agreement that the left matches the right perfectly. You know. Well, I think that you know Graph GraphQL is 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 technology that you know has been making its rounds on the internet, and I've very I've popular, very popular. I've. I've tried to, to play around with it. I've, I've tried to integrate GraphQL and MongoDB and maybe, you know, GraphQL won't be too, too happy with what I have to say, but I just didn't really find too, too much value with that technology. I found it to be, um, you know, maybe it's, it's a lot easier to integrate on the front end, but man, on the back end, you still need to do the post delete, um, you know, put patch all those API, like, like you still kind of need to build your own API kind of integration with the database and not only that but now you also need to like worry about the caching and a bunch of other things that don't really work so graphql for me that kind of tried to solve this isn't really like working that great for yeah. my basis well i guess so looking at graphql the the the, the purpose of that technology is to 
um, in really complex front ends that have like a lot of information, you know, a comments widget over here and, and uh, posts and, 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 you know, articles over here, you know, it, you know, these front ends, right? Like you log on to Facebook, it's good. Everything is, is dynamic, right? And there, there, there could be 40 different tables that have to be touched. You know, GraphQL was like, okay, we have this problem where our front end is coupled to our back end um, because of all of these different API calls that need to be made. Um, how do we make something that's like more flexible, right? But that flexibility has a cost. If your application, it doesn't reach the level of complexity like Facebook or LinkedIn, where there's like, you know, that many tables needed to construct, it doesn't have that necessity. I think when I'm looking at like the natural language integration, the, the flexibility is nice. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's like the primary benefit is like to decouple the front end from the back end. It's not, um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely not. And maybe what we can do is we can use a very simple kind of rest API. And let's say we're like updating a user, creating user. Let's, let's create a user with, with a name, an email address, a password. Um, and this user, you know, might need to be created. It might need to be updated. We might need to get the, the, the hashed password to then kind of compute it, um, to, to, to log the user in. Um, we may need to do a bunch of things to the user. So how would a natural language type um, receiver dialogue with a, a, a MongoDB database, as an example, or even like a Postgres, Post, PostgreSQL database? How, how would that work? Like, let's, I, I'd love to explore that. Okay, so it's a good question. I think the first generation is going to work a little bit like how you described, where we're going to take in a natural language um, query or modification, whatever it may be, command, you name it, and translate that into the existing RESTful APIs that a company has. Like the, the first companies to adopt this as being like this kind of cool new thing, that's probably what they're going to do is that so they're going to basically for each database we know that a database has a schema somewhere the data is defined the tables are defined the document is defined each attribute will have a name each table column will have a name yeah Hopefully yeah a description right and then maybe when we send in that natural query we there's this translation layer where the query is transformed into a schema kind of match well I, like, I guess you would you would you would have a prompt i guess and you would have to give the prompt like hey here's here's the schemas of my tables here's the query here's what the user wants give me a mongodb query that queries those tables and gives the user what they want you know and I, I mean, people are, are doing this, right? With those like data analytics chatbots. I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for it to be done in an API context if it's able to be done in an analytics context. Uh, it's, you it's... see, what, what would be like the biggest risk in or, or biggest downfall or, or like biggest engineering roadblock with implementing some sort of translation layer between natural query to SQL or to MongoDB query? I, I guess um, 
it's sort of like when you have you're trying to use like open ai functions right and you're like trying to define functions for like a lot of the internal data that you have in your company you know it, it there's there's integration effort there i i i do think that a natural language api has to be able to do everything that a regular api can do and then it has on top of that this additional layer of complexity which is like the interpretation right so a natural language API for, for the person building it, it's a more complex engineering effort. And, and the advantages on the person be consuming that or communicating with the API, they're now, now they've got a way easier time. They don't have to do anything uh, uh, complex. They don't even have to really understand the, how the API works at all. They just fire off some queries and somehow it works. Interesting. Um, so first generation, yeah, is like translation to like restful endpoints. I guess the real question, what, where, do, where does it go beyond that? Can it, can it, can we have, can we communicate like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's literally out of sci-fi. Like you're talking to like some AI mainframe of Royal Bank and it's just like, yo, Royal Bank, yo, how's, how's my transactions looking? <laughs> Yeah, and I guess the Royal Bank would have, you know, some sort of DB2 IBM database somewhere with, once again, a very well-defined schema. And, uh, and it goes I, all the way into, like, that Z80, and, like, yeah, yeah, they put yeah, some yeah. GPUs on their, their Z80s. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that the schema definition won't really change in the foreseeable future. And I honestly don't think it'll change in our lifetime. Like databases need to be well-defined. Computers need to understand like, like very well, what kind of data interface it's interacting with. I, I like, think data is structured. Data is never going to go away. I'm sure of that. Never we're, gonna go away. So we're never going to go to vectors being the only way to represent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Data. It just so, it doesn't seem like. So with that being said, I think that that whole translation to the actual SQL or to the actual MongoDB query, I think that's something that's that's going to stick around for a very, very long time because it's just required yeah. to work with that structured data. That's, that's so, my gut feeling. Even like V1, V2, V3, it's all going to be the same thing, but maybe like you, incremental improvements. You might be onto something here. Now you're making me think that, in fact... The, an API natural language integration is almost its own model, you know? Like, I want to be able to talk to my Royal Bank API integration, tell them, like, okay, I need to, I want my checking accounts, fire me back some JSON and, like, this format. Now it's no longer RBC defining the schema. I can define the schema I want, and they're, they're natural language thing. And then, this translation piece that you're talking about, maybe it's its own LLM, maybe it's a fine-tuned model. It's probably a whole business, honestly. There could be a startup there. So maybe what you're saying over here is the Royal Bank has a very complex data structure within their IBM mainframe ZOS environment. And as an engineer, as a new engineer, right? Let's, you know, let's, you know, I'm familiar with JSON. I'm not familiar with XML. I'm not familiar with COBOL. Um, yeah. What I want is I want to define the schema that I want back. And yes, interesting. 
So yeah, maybe now that- imagine that. Now, now it looks like it's actually saving. It is saving the client time. It really is decoupling the front end from the back end because now the back end changes to suit the needs of the front end. It change. It gets like, oh, you want data in this format? Okay, I'll give you that. Here you go. I love this, Brad. I think that this is definitely an interesting concept. We should explore this a little bit more and maybe come back in the next, you know, month or two with uh, with findings. But this is something that that I think I'm I'm going to play around with. Yeah, I don't. This is this is. I think it's inevitable. It's just a question of when. I like uh, it. Should we leave it there? I think so. Let's do it. Wrap it up. All Great right. chatting with you, Justin. This gets me. Thanks, you Jeff. can see the smile on my face. <laughs> it gets me so excited. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe and stay updated on our latest content. We appreciate your support.